Welcome to Life's a Story, where real life meets the mic. I'm your host, Greg, and I'm joined by some amazing individuals for some candid conversations about the moments in life that shape us. This is Andy. Whether it's navigating relationships, sharing personal triumphs, or dissecting the latest news, we're here to explore it all. Get ready for genuine, thought-provoking discussions. Hey, it's Stephanie. We believe every story deserves a spotlight, and we're not holding anything back. So grab your favorite drink, settle in, and join us as we peel back the layers of real-life experiences, one conversation at a time. Hi, everyone. I'm Dina. Let's dive into authentic, unfiltered stories that make life interesting. I'm excited about what we have in store for you today, so let's go ahead and kick things off and get started. Well, welcome to Life's a Story. I am your host, Greg, and with me is my wife, Dina, Andy, and Stephanie. Hello. Hey. And uh, this is where real life meets. Oh, I, I, I just about oh, ready to say it. Yeah. stole her part. I, I did. Let me, let me start over. Where real life meets the mic. There we go. <laughs> I need to write that down. <laughs> I don't want to mess up. Get uh, she, My wife sits beside me, so I got to be careful. But... Uh, uh, this is our our fourth our fifth episode. Fifth. That's our fifth episode of Life's a Story, and uh, so much has uh, we've been talking about different subjects uh, to try to come up with, and uh, we could talk about our lives forever, really. And uh, but anyways, we're talking about anxieties, and uh, we had left off our last episode as Andy was sharing with us um, going into adulthood a little bit about his childhood and the anxieties and as a third grader um, being uh, surrounded by <laughs> puking, <Vomit. laughs> puking <Ugh>. children <laughs> yes <laughs> I know their names you'll be saying <laughs> <laughs> name drop yeah. you started it all <laughs> and uh, you know from there uh, just uh, the development of anxieties have had taken place and and, and we did not uh, bring in before you get into um, where we left off last week w- let me ask you this when was there that point where you were went to a doctor or you were diagnosed and you um, received a prescription for medication? Um, I'm trying to think. Sorry. Um, right before our daughter who turns nine tomorrow, um, right before she was born. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so throughout the, throughout your whole life up to that point, you you were just dealing. Heavily, yes. I would honestly. I guess you could say I was a self-medicator. I would drink. I would do sleeping pills. I would find there was times where I wouldn't even sleep in my bed. I'd just find the couch because I needed a light on or a TV on, and for that night to feel comfortable, I'd sleep right there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why or how to explain that, but. Um, Again, I'm just explaining it, I guess you could say, the best I can for right. who's listening to like hopefully help one of them. Right, and everybody deals with anxieties on oh, a yeah. different, different level. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like for me, I don't, I don't think I was ever depressed with my anxiety because I, I think I had this fat, like a false advertising of happy-go-lucky, always fun to be around, and... It is kind of surreal to think like 
I probably have a few friends or family members or <laughs> cousins or whatever going to be listening to this. And they're going to, I hope they think like, oh, that explains a lot. Mm. And, um, but yeah, I would say we had just got married and, um, I knew how I didn't want to be, but I also still tried to live up to happy go lucky when I met Stephanie, married her, but I also didn't know how to break these habits by trying to hide her. By I mean, I should say sorry, hiding these bad habits from her. So, so did oh. Stephanie? Did you know? Did you know he had anxiety issues before you married, or did you just think this was just kind of his personality? You didn't tie this behavior to anxiety, or did you? No, I mean I. Honestly, if I look back to when I first met Andy, I never in my life would have thought that he had anxiety. Um, and obviously knowing him as long as I have now, I see a clearer picture of it. But when I first met him, it was almost like a, I don't know, like you'd said, like everywhere that you went, you were just the fun, happy-go-lucky, like everybody knew Andy as just more like that life of the party. He was friends with everybody. He got along well with everybody. And I don't want to say it was completely fake because I will say to this day that you're just an amazing person. You have a huge heart. I see that. Um, and that's probably in part what's gotten us as far as <laughs> we have. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I I got that fake Andy too, or part of it, you know? So I would say like in the very beginning, kind of when I fell in love with you, I fell in love with a completely different person because Mm -hmm. I thought who I was getting was this like confident person that there were so many things about his life that he never really disclosed to me Mm -hmm. or made them seem different than what they were. So let me ask you this. Was there a point in time when when you shared with Stephanie, like, hey, I, I've got this secret that I I need to tell you. Um, I've got I've got anxieties, or I've I deal got with the anxieties. Stuff I'm dealing with. No, um, and I think this is important because I, for me and whoever, like, I didn't have to depend on someone. I didn't have to take care of anybody. It was just me. Mm. And now that I'm married, just that. I mean, when we first got married, all of a sudden, I had no idea what to do. I like, because mm. I didn't prepare myself. I didn't. All I knew was I loved this girl, and she was different. I was like, and it felt different. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna. I want to marry her. And within six months, we were married. Right. And so, when we got married, and everything was exciting, we bought a house, and. Um, we were still living like a happy-go-lucky life. And then we get to, she's pregnant, which is exciting. And all of a sudden. How long were you married before? One year. I think one, one year. year. Okay. Yeah. And um, that's when I, all of a sudden, like, oh my, like, I don't even know how to. <laughs> More like, how am I going to raise a child? Yes. And yeah. I'm already lacking because I. From what I was raised seeing, um, 
I figured as if I don't do anything or if I avoid these situations, then everything's okay. Mm. And I grew up watching um, a family member like do all the work and the other one was having fun. So I was like, well, I mean, that worked. Right. Even though it didn't. And that, because that's all you knew. Yes. Yeah. It really is. And you were going to step into some scenarios or step into a different part of your life where you were afraid. Uh, and either afraid to fail or afraid that you're not going to meet that standard. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, you just Or even what back. was the standard because you yeah. had really yeah. probably had no clue. No. And I think was also important was that I had, I guess when you think about it, already dug deep holes mm-hmm. that um, living, I, sadly, like a fake life where I, there was no way I could get out of it. So there, I, I am automatically eliminated serious conversations from Steph and I's marriage right away, hmm. right away. And then I would, there were just things that I couldn't ask about or things that we just wouldn't talk about, or there were certain things that maybe, I don't want to say we're like secret, but just kind of sensitive subjects. Like if I would bring it up, it would immediately shut him down. Yeah. It would immediately shut him down. And I would just be met with some sense of anger, like almost annoyance. Like, why would you ask me about that? Like, don't question it. Yeah. And then did you know much of his background? His childhood. As far as his childhood? Not, not a ton, but I did in the beginning a little bit because there was a lot going on in his family and their life personally when we met. Prior to your marriage then. Yeah, but it, I would say to a fault of mine for sure that I was, you know, a little bit of an enabler in the situation because when we met, they had had so much going on. Um, that I feel like when I saw the like anxiety or like the anxious tendencies and stuff coming out in Andy, it was my impression because I felt like I was emotionally healthy and he maybe wasn't, um, that I could just love it out of him. Mm -hmm. Like if I can just show him that life is going to be great, if I can, show him that you know I can love him enough for him to say like you're right everything's fine and I should be happy and I don't need to pretend to be this person that I'm not you know for people to love me like she really loves me for who I am right um and again I think that to a fault then after a while we got into a habit of almost me just dealing with his anxiety for him to where he didn't have to deal with it himself Mm-hmm. So I kind of took on most of the things within the house. Mm-hmm. And again, not to Andy's fault necessarily. It, I just stopped bringing things up because I didn't want to cause more anxiety for him. So I just dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I took it on to kind of relieve some of that stress from him because I thought that would help our relationship mm-hmm. or help him to feel loved and accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's the absolute truth. Like, I felt like, oh, I have someone who supports me. Like, I can do what I want. I don't have to change because mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with the hard questions or her questioning right. <laughs> things. Right. And so I continued to feel like I was able to get away 
without ever having to explain anything or I could easily, which I feel this again, my story or what, you know, like I can only answer to hopefully what helped me and hopefully may help someone else. Right. But like I was, I just had, I was, I was able to ignore it all, but also it just every day was in me. Hmm. So at that time, like I said, we going back, just found out we were going to have Sawyer and all of a sudden I was like, I don't want to repeat my childhood. I don't want to repeat my childhood every day. That's all I could think about Really, to where I, I couldn't go to work and be happy. I, um, would come home and I would just like, what, what am I doing? What's going on? Like, how am I going to do this? How can I not be someone I don't want to be? But which I think is important is even though you think you're not being that person who you don't want to be in some instances, you still have those traits because you haven't faced them. Mm -hmm. So even though I may have done things different that I thought were good or, Oh, I'm fine. Cause I'm not doing this. I was being destructive or hurtful in a complete different way. And almost oblivious to some of it in ways I would say that like you wanted so badly to not fail that you just didn't try. If that's a good way to explain it and not, you know, and Andy and I have had a lot of like deep discussions about this kind of stuff and not that he loves our children. Oh yeah. More than anything. Mm -hmm. I think especially though in the early years of our marriage and in their lives, you were so afraid of failure that you just didn't try on some things that Mm. you kind of avoided certain situations or you would almost yourself get um, resentful over the fact that like you saw some of those same traits that you had Mm -hmm. in the kids that you didn't want them to have to deal with those things, but you didn't know how to help them because you hadn't dealt with it yourself yet. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I guess like I just ignored everything I had to because I was like, I'm getting, I'm fine. Like I don't have to deal with this anxiety. I don't have to bring it on to somebody else. I, so I sadly would watch step two more laundry or everything. Why I just sat on the couch in my own bubble because I didn't know what to do or And then Stephanie really didn't push like, Hey, you know, I expect you to be a part of this marriage and you just kind of took it all on. Yeah. Because in a sense, and I think after a while, that's why I built up so much resentment because it was, I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want him to feel hurt and unaccepted or that I didn't want him to feel like he wasn't enough. Right. But if I really look back at it, Like, the person that he is today, since we've dealt with all of these things, like, is the person that he's always been. Mm. It's just getting that encouragement to be able to come out and be that person. But back then, I would say I sat there, like, every day, I almost started to build up resentment because I'm like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. I'm stressed out. I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm kind of here by myself, but I don't want to say anything to him because I don't want there to be like anger or anxiety over these fears I don't want to bring up the 
like to bring up your insecurities to you as if you're not enough. I never wanted to make him feel that way. Right. Yeah. And but then I was making myself feel that way right. <laughs> because I never brought it up. Right. Yeah. And it's easy, very easy to push other people into the same feeling mm-hmm. is what I've learned. Bring everybody into your world. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that, um, of course, there will be that th- those episodes where they will talk about Andy and Stephanie will talk about um, some of the some of the areas that they had to deal with. And uh, what really gave them um, victory and gave them the uh, ability to overcome and really um, get through uh, some of these areas. But, you know, I was thinking when you were talking, Stephanie, that that there are I don't I don't know the ratio uh, as to men versus women who has more anxieties. I'm not sure, but I would I would I would say that you're probably talking to several ladies that maybe their husbands are dealing with that and they mm-hmm. themselves probably are not covering up for them but maybe stepping in and trying to band-aid that or soothing that or trying to release their anxieties but again that means that you are taking on that that pressure then as well yeah and i think that that's a becoming even maybe more of a common thing And I think if you really wanted to dig deep into it, which we have probably deeper, I don't want to say deeper than we should have on some of these things, but really looking back at, I don't know, just get yourself like a handful of husbands and how many of them dealt with even small anxieties in their childhood and them not living up or wanting to live up to a certain standard, but never really having that guidance or never really, you know, knowing exactly how to be a great husband or a great father. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if I sat in a room with a hand or, you know, a hundred women, like 75 of them would probably say, you know, I feel like the default parent all the time. You Mm -hmm. hear the term a lot more now, like a married single mom. Because I think that there are a lot of people probably in Andy's situation, and maybe there's different severities of it. Right. But people that anxiety has become so common because of people's upbringing and their lack of support from parents in general, more people coming from kind of broken homes, Mm -hmm. and you don't have that guidance that you need, so then you just shut down. You just don't try. Or, you know, you have somebody else there to kind of, take care of you mm-hmm. so well, well oh, uh, no you can go and ahead. then you settle in and you get comfortable in that right and then you know it's just a cycle right and if you don't have that example if you like you said if you weren't in a home with the, an example of a husband a wife a mother and a father that loved each other respected each other shared the responsibilities around the the home if you didn't have that and then you you get married and you have this first child i would think as a man you know you're supposed to be in charge you're supposed to be that leader you're supposed to be that head of the home but you have no clue no and kind of going back even to what stephanie was saying like i guess when you girls get together even before the podcast you girls can sit here and talk about any problem or and talk it through. 
And then like with you, Uncle Greg, you get a group of us guys together. That's the last thing we ever want to do. We don't talk about problems. So, right, because yeah. you're supposed to have it all together. Yeah. And, or we yeah. or we just avoid talking about the problems. Yeah. Because yeah. I'd okay. rather talk about something else. Anything mm-hmm. and everything else. Yeah. So then I just feel like guys just sit here with that burden. And mm-hmm. that's I fell into that. So then yeah. instead of picking a friend out and talking like, hey, man, like, almost getting serious with them i avoided that mm. i avoided that with stephanie my wife my own wife until it caught up with me <laughs> right but like i just thought like i i'm fine as long as i can survive the day i can go home i can be on the couch i can ask how stephanie is and then if i can just keep it the bare minimum i'll be okay and go to tomorrow mm. and I know I really haven't talked about any symptoms or anything like that. Yeah. Um, as we got closer with Sawyer, and even honestly, until this year, so eight years, I would just bottle those up, and then it would become. I was so annoyed with myself that I couldn't. I didn't want to talk to anybody, including Steph. So I would literally do whatever I could uh, to stay away or not be there. But I feel like my symptoms was, and again, I feel like anyone listening who has any anxiety will know these. So I, I don't know how important they are. It's more or less like talking through it and then going later on what helped me. But like I would have a racing heart. I don't know how many times I thought I was having a heart attack to yeah. Steph. And you and you have um, been to the hospital a few different times because yeah. oh, of that. Oh, numerous times. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Which is common. To yeah. many individuals that do suffer anxieties. Yes. Oh, I, I agree. And that's like, I know that's not, it is important for anybody out there, but it's not, I feel like everyone already knows that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for encouragement or help, what we're doing, like, I don't know how important it is to go into those. If you guys have questions. Well, well let me, let sure. me ask you this. So like the first time where you felt that, you were having a heart attack or you were, you know, felt like your heart was just pounding out of your chest. You went to the doctor, um, everything checked out fine. Uh, you're having an anxiety, anxiety attack or a panic attack and they send you home. So then the next time that happens, you feel the exact same way. You are just as serious about that feeling as you were the first time and and correct me if i'm wrong it could be the 20th time mm-hmm. and you still feel i'm having a heart attack oh yeah every time and i feel like and maybe stephanie can be the word of advice but because as someone who was going through that a lot of times i was already on the edge and god loves stephanie because she would try to help me every single time and try to say the right things but when you're going through an anxiety attack or you have anxiety, you don't want to hear it all the time. So you're already frustrated and she could say the sweetest things or help in every way, which she did every single time. Yeah. Um, was like, I feel like if you can, when you're going through those moments and your spouse or your family member or a friend or a child is helping you, 
if you can find it in you for just a few seconds, have a clear conscience, just mm -hmm. listen to what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Because really, it helps, it will help you calm yourself down more than anything else, in my opinion. And, um, um, I don't know, like, if Stephanie kind of want, like, her advice on that, if you have any, or mm. what do you... You, you you continue to tell them the same thing over and over and yeah. over and yeah. over. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many times over the years we went to the emergency room because he thought he was having a heart attack, or... Mm -hmm. now, now how did you feel, uh, as, as another perspective, from another angle, you don't deal with anxieties, uh, you're this calm, cool, collected wifey poo yeah. that's got everything always together just always laid back all right and you know Whatever. you know this is the this is the 12th time this is the 17th time i can't tell you how many times we've been here and you know exactly what's going on yeah you're 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 catering to him because you love him and you want to yeah. get him through this but you yourself know i know this you're is fine. not a heart attack how i yeah. mean how, how did you feel or how do you how do you kind of calm yourself down, I suppose, or what advice you give somebody else that's dealing with that? I don't know. I think in the beginning, I, you know, was really worried about it. And I wanted to make sure, like, I was attentive to him. And I, I really felt like I always was. So for him to say, like, he recognized that. I don't know that he's told me that before, <laughs> um, but I always try to be sensitive to the fact that it was real to him, mm -hmm. right, even though right. to me, after the fifth time that we had gone and we knew it wasn't a heart attack, right. I knew that, but you know, every time it would just kind of be like, okay, we'll go ahead and take you. And then, um, you know, he would go in and he would come back out to the car Cause I would have to be sitting there with the kids. Um, and you know, they would be asleep in the back seat or whatever he would get in. And I'd say, you know, did they say anything or find anything? No, they said it was just anxiety. Yeah. Okay. And, and you know, for everybody and not to downplay the reality of it, because in reality, that's how they, that's, that's how yeah. one feels. Yeah. My I mean, that's like racing. a physical. Right. Yes, My, I, I'm, I'm literally sweating. My heart is pounding. And, you know, different things bring it up. Sometimes you don't know how it, you know, how it arrives, but it's there. And certainly it's absolutely real. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as on the other side, and I know that you really want to, you're there to support. You're there to, to help protect. And I am I'm there to help you through this. Um, and, you you know, you played the wife, of, uh, the, the part of the wife wonderfully. And, uh, and, and so, you know, dealing with that, certainly there, you know, a lot of tension maybe yeah. in the marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fun. And I think in those situations, especially too, it would, at some point in time, we almost got to like a, I got to maybe sense of annoyance at some point because I would always too, after so many ER visits, or right. after so many situations that he couldn't put himself into or things that we couldn't enjoy together because of it, it gave him anxiety. Um, and even being, I don't know, there's so many things we'll reiterate on that later, but, um, like in the emergency room situation, like you come out after your fifth, sixth, seventh ER visit and it's like, you know, 
they find anything? No, right. it's not anything. Okay. So do you think maybe we should schedule you an appointment to like put you on anxiety medication? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to do anything to help? And then it would be like, no, I'm anxious about going to the doctor. Like what if they're going to find something like they're going to find something wrong. Really? And I know that something's going to be wrong or, you know, we finally, I don't know after how many times, like convinced him to go to the doctor and get started on medication and as soon as he would take that medication for the first day, of course, you start any new medication and you're going to have some little side effects. You know, it's going to make you feel a certain way. And he would be like, I don't know. I just feel really lightheaded with this. Like something it's it's doing something. And I'm like, well, you know, it's give yourself a couple of days to get used to it. And maybe it'll help. And he would just immediately stop. Mm-hmm. Did like you, ha- you had anxieties about taking the anxiety medicine? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we probably tried to change medications. Quite a few, uh, yeah. Quite, quite a, a few, few times. Yeah, <laughs> probably one. That it's not. It's not whether you change medication or not. It's just having the anxiety over it. Didn't matter what medication it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it wasn't doing anything because he never consistently took anything for it to help. And we know now, not to say that medications do not work. And I, I'm not. I think they. they that's they not have, a debate for me necessarily. They have a purpose and they have a help. Yes. But really dealing with it in real life was the only thing that really helped to cure it. And And I don't even know that it's fully, I wouldn't even say fully cured, but manageable. Coping with it and managing it. Yeah, in a healthy way. Not in drinking and lying and, you know, all of the things that he used to cope with it in his younger years. Right. Oh, yeah. So are we going to, in this episode, get to with Andy on how he got to this point where he is today? Or we're going to continue next episode. We're going to continue. We like to leave our listeners hanging. (laughs) So we will continue another episode. So this this kind of going into three parts and uh, very interesting. I'm learning. a lot mm-hmm. concerning this and uh, maybe maybe you're maybe you have some questions you can put these uh, questions on the comments uh, you can write some comments in there and we'll certainly look at those and maybe you have something you'd like to share with us about anxieties on your uh, end as well but uh, certainly we want to invite you back to come this next episode and uh, go on there and uh, follow us you can click that little bell I think there's a bell on there you can click that bell, and then there's uh, folks have asked me, how do, I, how do I rate you? Well, there's three little dots uh, that you press, and then, then right beside that bell, and then it will say rate us. So if you don't mind, just give us five stars, and uh, we'll send you out a kudos. All right? <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> All right. nothing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm your host, Greg Steinke, and uh, thanks for joining us today on Life's a Story, and uh, let my wife... Andy and Stephanie say goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> wow, that was that was good. They need practice. <laughs> All right. Well, you you come back with us and join us our next episode on Life's a Story, where everyone has a story to tell.